and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. everyone and welcome to Alzheimer Speaks. I am so thrilled you are joining us today. We are going to have a really interesting conversation talking about memory banks. What are they and how you can leverage the power of preserving memories. But before I introduce the guest, I'm just going to give a quick shout out to our main website, Alzheimer Speaks. There you can find all kinds of free resources. So please take advantage of all those educational resources. Also want to give a shout out to Dementia Map. Dementia Map is our global resource directory where we have over 150 categories you can search. Um, there are great articles, there's an events calendar, a glossary of terms, and more. So Kristen, I'm so excited to have you with us today. I'd like to start by just having you share with our audience who the heck you are and what's your company about. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me, Laurie. Uh, my name is Kristen Nelson. I'm the founder and CEO of Audivy Memory Banks. Uh, Audivy is a memory banking platform that lets individuals um, record, save, and importantly, play back memories in a personalized memory bank. I'm excited to learn more, but before I go into my line of questions, I always like to ask everyone if they've been personally touched at all by dementia. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the business was completely founded based on my time and my experience as a caregiver for my mom, who was diagnosed with dementia. I had had a long career in international public health and had been working most recently as deputy director of a Boston-based nonprofit, Partners in Health, uh, and had been there for a long time. But after my father died, my mother moved to Concord, Massachusetts to live near me and my husband and boys for that sort of next chapter of her life. And shortly after moving, uh, she was diagnosed with dementia. And so I ultimately quit my job at Partners in Health to take care of her and help get her settled. Um, and because of the dementia and sort of the complications of that, I um, ended up not going back to another job, but starting this business. So you, I, I'm imagining your mom was kind of the trigger behind all of this. Was there like a moment that just said, oh, my gosh, this would help yeah. us so much? So she used to come over every day and every evening, um, have dinner with us, and she repeated her childhood stories all the time. She had profound short-term memory loss. She couldn't remember what anybody had just said, what she had just done, but those childhood memories were super, super strong and vivid for her. Um, and so I ultimately decided to record them, mostly because I loved hearing them, and I thought, let's record her voice. It's so nice to hear them. And um, I knew that someday we would lose those memories. Um, so I recorded the memories, put them together on a basically a website with um, each memory was paired with one still photo. Uh, and that would have been the end of it. You know, we would have that for the rest of our life. But I happened to play the memories back for her. Uh, and that was the uh, birth of Audubee. I actually have a video that shows a compilation of her watching the same memory again and again on multiple occasions. Each day she would watch the memories and because she had such profound memory loss, it was like she'd never seen it before. But each time she watched it, she acted out the story, she laughs, she finishes her sentence. She was like transported back into those moments. And I thought, oh my gosh, I mean, why don't we have a memory bank to sort of serve as a crutch for an individual uh, losing their short-term memory because these long-term memories are still so powerful and impactful. So uh, that was the birth of Audubon. Wow. You know, it's interesting that you were kind of doing it for yourself because I know I have some recordings of my mom that are so powerful. And I mean, I can have the worst day of my life and I just watch one of those and my heart just melts and go, life is good. Life is good. Okay, so there's really interesting research at a University of Wisconsin that shows that 
when you hear the voice of a loved one, you actually have the same physiological response as being hugged by them. Your love hormone goes up, your stress hormone goes down. So really that's another piece of this is saving that memory um, for long-term, you know, for the next generations to have those voices. I'm also a little bit curious, what is the impact for an individual with dementia to hear their own voice? And I haven't found research on that, but I'm wondering because as much as I've done these memory banks for individuals with dementia, they never do what you and I do, which is to say, oh my gosh, do I really sound like that? I hate hearing my voice. They all like it and sometimes don't seem to realize it's their own voice, but certainly seem to fall into some level of familiarity and comfort by it. Well, I think one of the things that, you know, I I saw happen with my own mom who lived with dementia for 30 years and many others is the, the judgment circuit goes away. That inner critic, you know, that would say, oh my gosh, I sound horrible, you know, or, you know, with art, you know, they're not hearing that stuff. They're just, they're into the moment. Um, They're very attentive, you know, and, and they just absorb it in the, the, the pleasure response, it just goes up because there's not that paranoid, um, other people are judging me. And so I better judge myself. So needless to say, after seeing her respond so positively to this and, you know, during the rest of the day, she's sort of confused as to what's going on. But when she'd get in front of the memory bank, it was this immediate identification and grounding for her. Uh, So needless to say, I learned a lot about reminiscence therapy and the power of memories for all of us. I mean, it's fun for all of us to think back on times that we've enjoyed, but the idea that when you think back on a memory, when you hear a memory, you don't just remember that time, but you do actually stimulate the emotions of that time. So for an individual with dementia who can otherwise be somewhat confused, if you give them the opportunity to you know, be transported back in time to a really happy place, it I mean, again, you watch this memory of my or this video of my mom, you see it brings her to a happy place. She seems happy and joyful when we're experiencing those memories. And we will have that link in the show page notes for people to be able to watch too, because that is, it is powerful. I know with these um, music clips of my mom, I mean, I've walked into conferences where someone else has my mom up on the big screen because it is so joyful and so powerful. And people come up afterwards and just they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, they hear her giggle. They you really can't even put it into words, how it hits people on a heart level. And um, it's it's just it, it is. It's truly, truly amazing. So. How neat to have something that helps those that care and love for this person, as well as, you know, delivering just high quality support to the person diagnosed with dementia as well. You know, it's funny, uh, folks have said, well, you know, I have a video of my grandma talking about her childhood. Isn't that essentially the same thing? Um, you know, if I record my grandma and let her watch that, it's sort of like an audio memory bank. And I was, so the big contrast is when you watch or when your grandma watches her own video of herself talking about her wedding day, there's a little bit of dissonance. You're like looking at an 80 year old grandma. She's talking about her wedding day. Yes, it's the voice. So you've got that powerful transportative thing. But uh, your watch, it's a viewing experience. Now, if we strip away the sight of the 80 year old grandma and we just hear her voice and we look at a picture of her when she was 20, it becomes this sort of transportative experience. And that's what I think Audivy is trying to do is to create this transportative experience for an individual with dementia to be able to like be taken on that trip down memory lane. Well, and that's a really good point because, I mean, there's a lot of people that look in the mirror and go, who's that old person? I mean, because that's not, they've gone back in time and that's not where they are or it's, it scares them. And yeah. most, uh, most people don't understand that is something that kind of tricks their brain and can happen. So I can see that being easier, but I also know for some some people with dementia, and again, everybody is different out there, folks, so th- there's not a hard line in the sand anywhere here, um, but for some people, they can't 
just listen to something and be able to process it. And I've heard that from people. It just depends on what part of the brain, you know, that it hits. Um, but I can, yeah, I can see there being a big difference between the two and yeah. the symptoms um, for the individual and same for your, same for yourself in terms of what that's like. So the, the other thing about Audrey is, so it is voice, but each memory is also paired with one still photo. Because as you're saying, listening alone can be hard, like there's not quite enough to captivate you. So with Audrey, every memory includes a two minute memory, up to a two minute memory. Now, mm-hmm. for those with pretty profound dementia, the memories might be 10 seconds long. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And each of those short memories gets paired with one photo so that you're engaging engaging the visual cortex and the auditory center. Um, Now, when you look at research on a developing brain, on a child's developing brain, they say if a child just looks at a picture book, there's not not enough brain stimulation. It's too cold, they say. It's not enough going on. If a child watches a video... There's too much brain stimulation. It's considered too hot. But if a child looks at a photo album and hears the voice of a parent or someone else telling them about the picture, that's considered the Goldilocks just right level of brain stimulation. And I, with Audubon, am sort of extrapolating that to the senior brain, that if it's just looking at a picture, my mother couldn't look at a picture album alone. It sort of didn't have enough to grab her attention. She couldn't read a book, nor see a video that was too hot but this audio visual brain stimulation I think I hope for many others is the just right level of brain stimulation for those with dementia hitting that sweet spot yeah and you know it's going to change for people as the as the disease progresses just like it will for a child and I would imagine some comes into play too in terms of the environment they're sitting in. So if there's a lot of stimulation going on in the environment, it's probably not going to be as impactful because they're going to be kind of, their brain's going to be bouncing off the walls, taking in outside noises and those types of things. Yes, exactly. Right. You do want it both for recording the memories, make sure it's a time when you're sort of sitting quietly together and they have the ability to focus and tell a single story. Um, And similarly, as you say, for listening to it you do want to make sure that there aren't other distractions that are grabbing their attention. My mother, sort of the only other thing that really grabbed her attention was solitaire. (laughs) She loves sitting with the iPad and playing solitaire. But at the end of a long session of solitaire, she sometimes would be a little bit frustrated, like, what am I doing with this? And sort of like put the iPad down frustrated. Um, But I could always slip that audio memory bank in front of her. And as a caregiver, it was a tremendous you know, tool, like if we were late in the day and she was seeming, you know, disoriented or out of sorts, I could give her the memory bank and it would, hers, she had like 30 minutes of memories and I could just let it play and know that she would be accompanied on a happy trip down memory lane and occupied for 30 minutes. So for me, it was tremendously helpful in that way. So is there special equipment that people need to use? Do they need to go buy a microphone or can they do this off their phone or their iPad or how does that work? So I didn't mention, I mean, so Audubon now is an app um, that you can download in either the Google or the iOS store. Um, You download the app and then everything is done within the app. Uh, So you... In fact, on my website, you can see a short video clip that will walk somebody through just playing the video to give a sense of what's involved. You create a memory bank, you give it a name, um, and then you decide whether you want it to be public or private, or you can share it with other Audivy app holders. So for example, if I create a memory bank for my father-in-law, I can share it with all of my husband's siblings so that they too can access it and use it and open it up when they're visiting their father. Um, And then you record. um, So as I say, each memory includes both an audio file and a photo file. You can either show a picture to somebody and say, you know, grandma, tell me what's going on in this picture and let them describe the picture Or like with my mom, if there are favorite stories that get told again and again, say, mom, tell me the one about Uncle Charlie and the dogs. And you hit record, record right there. Um, And then on that same screen, you can either choose a photo or take a photo. 
um, and then all of the sort of the back form, the back end platform puts them together to play it in this sort of um, more stimulating um, multimedia format. Um, so all you need is um, Audivy on your phone or an iPad. Um, it can also be played on a Mac. And because it's online as an app, that was a really important thing to me that um, by having it online, as I say, you can share it with other family members, and then it becomes accessible for anybody at any time. And I mentioned that because, for example, if I ended up in the emergency room with my mother, which is an awful place to end up and very disorienting, uh, I would take out the memory bank and play it for her. My father-in-law was recently in the CCU. He's fine now, thankfully, but I had done a memory bank for him. And on one day when he was, you know, not very responsive and uh, not really waking up, I played his memory bank for him. And he sort of like looked up and started chiming in with the stories. So it's a really nice thing that you can have available anytime you need it, wherever you are. So yeah, to bring that agitation level down, that's nice. Or uh, you know, people talk about sundowning and things like that. For those of you that are just tuning in, we are lucky enough to have Kristen Nelson with us. She is with Audivy. She is the founder and CEO. And she created this app because of personal experience. And it's just fabulous. So if you're just tuning in now, you're probably going to want to rewind and go back to the beginning uh, to listen to the whole thing. And you can always visit the website, which is Audivy, A-U-D. IVI.world uh, for more information there. And um, like Kristen had said, there's a short video of her mom. There's a short video of how to utilize it and stuff to really step through. And I'm sure they can get through to you as well um, and contact you with any, any questions that they might have. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. One of the things, you know, is when you were explaining about Audivy, I was thinking, well, how cool would that be for like a celebration of life too, for people in that moment to be able to hear their, their loved one's voice and story? You know, we're always kind of gathering around those pictures and we're making up our own stories. But gosh, what a nice compliment that would be to be playing where people could hear that too. I think that would be really, really touching. Yeah, I have to say, I've also done a couple tribute memory banks where um, it is for individuals who've passed away and everybody sends in a picture, you know, say my uncle passes away, everybody sends in a picture about him or a picture of them with him and tells a story about him. So it's like, oh my gosh, the thing I loved about Sandy was when we used to go to the ocean, then all of a sudden you have everybody's kind of reflections about a moment with a person once they're gone uh, and the pictures that go with it. And uh, I sort of had come to this because when my father passed away, you know, at during that week, mm -hmm. so many people were in touch and told these beautiful stories about my father. And I'm one of five kids. And afterwards we sat around and we were like, wait, wait, did you hear the one about, oh, I can't remember. What is somebody saying about dad? I, I, I never heard that one. Uh, so it's a way of keeping, again, keeping stories. I feel like we lose these memories so quickly and so easily. And I guess part of my hope is just that we start considering them a, a really valuable treasure that they are. Yeah, I think sometimes in the, the world we live in, everything has to be big and flashy. And we forget about these just beautiful, sentimental moments you know, that are just really ingrained in us and mean so much to us because they, 
you know, like what the story shared, I mean, they're, they're the core of friendships and how they developed. And, and, you know, half the time there's a laughter with, with those stories too, you know, because that's just such a strong thread, you know, that bonds us together. And when we're feeling lost or lonely or disconnected, you know, that laughter, those stories can really kind of mend us back together uh, in just such a beautiful, beautiful way. And it's, and it's not a, it's not a one and done thing. I mean, like my mom's been gone since 2014. I think we looked up, I think we did the videos in 2011 and I still go visit them you know, routinely, because they just give me that comfort. And when you had said, it's like a hug, it really, I never looked at it like that. But it, it it has that same impact of getting a hug by her. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is, I feel like every house, every family has like, one family historian that has a lot Mm -hmm. of pictures and knows the stories and maybe has some videos. But Again, I'm one of five and we've got lots of grandkids or, you know, nieces. I have lots of nieces and nephews. And that, again, was why it was so important to me that it be stored online where we all have access to it. It's not like, I mean, yes, we can create a book and then I make 10 books and then we've only got 10 books so that the next generation has to share those 10 books. It's like I wanted it to be online where everybody could always have access to it. Well, and that's so true with, I mean, I used to do scrapbooking back in the day and it's like, oh my gosh, it's a lot of work. It's expensive. You know, it takes time. And then people see it and go, I'd like one of those. And then you're trying to duplicate it and, and things. It kind of reminds me when, <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. When my, my dad passed away, um, I was arranging the funeral um, and I, and, you know, he was a vet, so he gets a flag. And I said, can we get two more of those? And they're like, well, yeah, you have to buy them. And I'm like, I don't care, but I, I don't want to fight over the flag with my brothers. I want us each to be able to have access. And he said, no one's ever asked that question before. And I'm like, he's like, but I know families have a difficult time deciding who's going to get that. And you've taken that, you know, you've taken that out of the equation where it's shareable and everybody can have that, that comfort blanket. Right, right, exactly. Uh, you know, you had asked before about um, is everything, you know, do you need to buy anything else? And I've said that the you can upload the photos in the app and you can record in the app. You don't need a special microphone. And I'm just bringing that back up. Like the point of this is not to have the best copy of some beautiful old photo, nor the highest quality rendition of the voice. It's just, we want to have both of them. Mm-hmm. at whatever quality we can to be taken on that experience. So I keep saying to people and they're like, oh, I have all these photos. There's so many to go through. I don't know which one's the best. I'm like, just put one in, just put one in and tell the story. Don't belabor it. Like it has to be the, the most wonderful photo of each thing. Cause I think that's the other thing that we get bogged down in. We're sort of looking for the, the prized family treasures and, they're all beautiful. Just That's a really good point. I mean, I have a big plastic container down in my basement that's probably three feet high, four feet long by two and a half feet wide. And it is slam dunk full of photos. And it's like you could go through and labor through that thing forever and you will get nowhere. It's like it's kind of, I have this phrase that I say, it's, it's not about perfection. It's about progress. Just start. Yeah. Exactly. Just start and then it gets easier. But I think part of that, that procrastination is, you know, is it going to be good enough? Am I going to do it justice? And it's like you're bringing something to life that had kind of lost its voice and, and place in the world and you're giving it a place, you know, to live on and to be shared. And that's pretty dang cool. Yeah, exactly. No, we had so many beautiful photos from my mom. I mean, in a lot of them, we don't know who they are. We lost that moment. Like, but the rest of them, I don't want to lose that going forward. You know, that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you is when should somebody start something like this? Because sometimes people think about it when it's too late, you know, but I mean, I, I could see my family just doing this with my granddaughters, even and letting them share their stories. I could share my stories. I mean, anybody can do this. And, and be part, you don't have to be, you know, 
at the end of life um, in order to create these moments of joy, you know, then use them at the graduation parties for the kids, you know. Exactly. exactly. So, I'll, so two things. First of all, a lot of people think, well, it's too late for my mom, you know, she wouldn't do the stories anymore. And I would say, if your mom has just a couple little loops that she tells again and again, record them. Um, I think that as a caregiver, we think it's just these little loops that are sort of annoyances, but actually like they enjoy them. Sometimes like they're telling them again, because they enjoy them. So make those available, even they're just little and there are not many of them. See if you can put it in a memory bank and see how they respond, how your mom or dad responds to that. Cause it might actually be helpful. So it's never, I sort of like to think it's never too late. Although obviously that's there for, in some cases it is. Um, but I also agree. This is, I have to, I have to try to position it. I'm very focused on it being helpful as a dementia tool right now because it was so helpful for me. But in fact, I also, someone said you should do a second label where it's just basically a narrated photo album. Do it now. And it is about the relationship part of it, you know, speak, sitting with one other person and getting that opportunity to share stories. If you've just moved into a new community, well, ask questions of each other and record them for posterity. Or if you have a grandchild, sit with a grandchild. That often is a relationship that you don't have a lot to talk about. Well, put out, pull out some photos and show it to them and record it. Because even if they don't seem to care about it now, it will be valuable to them later. Yeah. And if not them to, to other family members too. I mean, it's, I think of all the people I talk to and, and a lot of their um, parents, they call them isms, you know, it's just phrases that they say and they're starting to write them down, but it's like capture some of those. And um, because then you've got that, that voice just adds so much, you know, to, to the story itself. And that would be interesting to see, their response, you know, to that as well. But there's right. a lot of people that have, I mean, they're just hilarious. Some of the little quips, you know, that they come up with. And, you know, if you're, if you're able, you know, capture them. Yes. Yes. I have a friend who unfortunately uh, just lost her mother to Alzheimer's uh, when she was learning about Audubon. And all she kept saying was like, oh, my gosh, those loops that drove me crazy. I would do anything to hear them again. Yeah. You know, sort of you grow tired of them and they're actually they were, I don't know, it's kind of a strong memory then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that is that is so true. Uh, and so many people say I'm 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 worried about losing the person who was, you know, and this is all about capturing the moment of who they are today. And, and again, then you're adding some history. And when you're getting that story of who they were as well, and, you know, to people that are worried about, they're going to forget who was, it's like, none of us are who, who we once were. And we've all let down and disappointed different people at times, but we have to relish who we are right now. And in that moment and, and not be so, not be so scared and intimidated by this. I mean, I think of the kids now, they're making short little videos all the time, you know, and, and just love doing that kind of stuff. So, you know, maybe it's the grandkids that help, you know, somebody else get this off the ground, because they're not comfortable with technology, and then really make it intergenerational. Exactly. That's the perfect bridge to bring them together and bring their, you know, respective areas of expertise. Absolutely. Um, uh, the, the stories, you know, you also read about validation therapy where, you know, you want to meet a person where they are. Um, and I have found that again, by creating an Audubon memory bank that has a lot of these old stories from childhood, when you then go sit and meet with them and watch a memory bank together, you are just meeting them. I mean, they're not asking about like, what year is it? And why am I here? And you're not focused on the surrounding area. You really can get lost in the past with them, which is, you know, that's like, that's a great way to pass time with them. That's happy. Well, and you had mentioned earlier too, that, you know, they get this uh, from the pictures and stuff and from the stories, there's an emotion. 
And I mean, there's lots of studies on that, that they might not get the date and the time right, but the emotion of that experience is very, very solid and one of the last things to go. And so finding out, you know, what brings them comfort and joy is pretty cool. I mean, because that's a massive, massive tool that so often is overlooked. Right. And having it right at the click of a button, you know, you feel like it's a difficult moment. Uh, Somebody who runs a memory care center was saying they would um, love to have these for the residents because especially for the the families visiting the residents, because they said their families always come and visit mom. And by the end of the visit, they're sort of back in the old frustrating behaviors of whatever. They were like, it would be such a nice way to end a visit. Just like listening to the old memories with mom, you know, chuckling and saying like, I'll, I'll be back soon, but letting it end on that happy, happy experience together. Um, listening to it together can be really fun to be on the receiving end of the same story again and again can be overwhelming and frustrating, but to sit side by side and hear the story. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole different experience. Plus it's teaching families to reframe what they've been told to look for and what's important and, and how they can communicate. And, and to me, that's massively, massively huge. So, you know, your target market, you had mentioned, you know, ideally it's dementia um, and the person living with, with really any form or their care partner, um, but you're considering maybe expanding that down the line to to others. I would imagine if people just wanted to use it differently, they could if they signed up um, and and so forth. Um, I, I just think this is a really really powerful tool. And so many people, I mean, they love apps these days. They love something that's simple. We're used to recording things on our phone and taking pictures and all of that stuff. So, you know, that takes some of the scary out for a lot of people. It's still going to bother some, um, you know, but for the most part, um, people are are getting pretty, um, pretty capable of maneuvering, you know, those types of things. And I, I wanted to know, when you're creating a memory bank, um, now you said that you could share it. Do you have like a trusted circle or you can just share it with the world or how does that work? So in the uh, app, if you create a memory bank, yes, you can make it public where anybody who has the app can view your memory bank or you could make it private where only I can view it. Um, if it's private, you could then also share it with certain people. Uh, And the only people that you can share it with are people who already have the app, Mm -hmm. whose email, you know, so you, you know, you can't start searching around for privacy reasons. We've made it a pretty, a very tight um, privacy um, rule within the app. So you can't say like, Oh, I want to share it with Lori and Lori's email comes up. I need to know your email that you signed up with ought to be. um, And then I could share it with you. When I share it with you, I can also indicate whether you're allowed to just view it or if you're allowed to contribute to it. So, for example, if you and I share an uncle, I could share it with you and say, Lori, next time you go visit our uncle, make sure you capture some stories also. And I've assigned you as a contributor. So it allows other people to help carry that burden of capturing the stories whenever they're there. Oh, cool. Well, that's neat. Um, Is there a cost to the app? So the app is currently $19.99, $19.99 for a single, for the download. And you mm-hmm. only pay once. There are no ongoing fees at this point. Um, and that allows you to save unlimited memories. Okay. I will have um, uh, at the end of, um, or sorry, at the beginning of August, we're going to do the first half of the month. We're going to have it half off. Um, because it's an anniversary of, um, of, a a loss of a a close colleague. So we're going to have it off half off at the first two weeks of August. Um, and, um, I have sort of been told like 1999 for a dementia care product is not that much, but for an app, it's about 1999 too much. Like people are so used to apps being free. Uh, but I, 
um, I'm not going the route of advertising and uh, am hoping that people will just buy it as an, a dementia product and feel like, yeah, it's worth $19.99 to be able to save memories forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and everyone's going to have a different opinion of that, depending on, you know, what, where they're coming from and what their budgets look like and stuff. But yeah, as a tool, it, it's, it, it is uh, very reasonable as an app, yeah, people are used to just downloading stuff for free, but there's I a know. lot of stuff where it's it's not it's not necessarily free, and it might be a lesser cost. But then there's upgrades once you get in there. So I've also likened this to you know we have um, when we lose our hearing, we get a hearing aid. We lose our vision, we get eyeglasses. We pay for those crutches to help us through those declines, and we have this massive epidemic of memory loss. So why don't we have a similar crutch that can just be helpful over the course of that decline? You know, we're told to eat a Mediterranean diet and do brain games. And there are lots of things which can help with decline, I think. But Mm -hmm. just taking some time and a little bit of money um, to save memories, I think, is kind of a priceless outcome. And we have the time, you know, if you just take the time and start using it and connecting with other people on it, I'm hoping it will be helpful. Yeah, I wish insurance companies would cover this stuff. You know, everything is pretty much medication based and and stuff. And there's so many wonderful resources that can impact not only the person diagnosed, but the family and those that care for them um, to to make for a better quality of life that are very reasonable. They're one time low fees. I mean, you can't even buy one pill, you know, for for 20 bucks. You know, right. some of them are hundreds and thousands of dollars. It just depends. So I did just look into, I mean, I have recently um, been contacted by somebody who was saying that uh, virtual reality therapy is sometimes mm-hmm. now being covered by insurance, at least I think it's in New York and that there's something in front of Congress right now about covering uh, some of those therapies. And uh Okay. Virtual reality is about using simulated things to stir your memories. I'm like, okay, let's use our memories to get all of that good benefits. Um, so I will ultimately, I mean, I'm a small shop, but I am ultimately hoping to look into what are the opportunities for insurance. I mean, I I don't know how much it covers reminiscence therapy right now, but um, it certainly seems like it is a simple enough tool that could hopefully be helpful to people down the road. Yeah. I know over in the UK, um, Norms McNamara has been living with dementia for a long time. He, yeah, he raises money for iPods and stuff, and they um, actually have those in all the ambulance. So it calms somebody down. I mean, there's, there's so many things that could help that are really simple and we're not tapping into them, um, especially here in the U S because we don't, you know, we don't have a, um, a prime minister, of dementia or of loneliness like they do over there. And yet, like you said, it's epidemic um, status in terms of what we're dealing with. You know, adult days for the most part have closed down over um, the pandemic and most of those haven't come back. And respite care, you know, home and health care, like like all health cares are short staffed. And, you know, it's families need help. And And the magic bullet, you know, isn't here with this cure. And I don't think it's going to be for a very long time because there's so many different types of dementia to boot. And, you know, some people, I mean, you know, they hit the jackpot and they have two or three types of dementias. You know, they don't just have one. So it, it gets complicated. But to be able to give that that calmness and that peacefulness of the soul to the person diagnosed, as well as those caring for them, like I said, just increases to me that quality of life um, and just makes everything so much better. It also just strikes me as such an easy solution. Again, it's not going to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, My goal would be to try to get this introduced to people who are early in their journey. If you've recently received a diagnosis as having MCI or dementia, why not grab some photos, sit with a spouse or a child or a grandchild, whoever it is, because that moment of reminiscing is therapeutic in and of itself. And then you have it down the line, if that can be helpful. Um, It sort of is an easy, uh, even just for the short term, an easy thing to do. And ideally, it also plays a role long term as well. 
Well, and I wish our family would have done that. Like I said, I, when, when my folks passed away, I mean, I had boxes and boxes of photos and I'm going through them and I'm going through them and I'm kind of dividing them up, you know, between myself and my brothers. And then I, I, and there were just a ton of them. None of us knew who these people were. And it was like, oh my gosh, we could have done this. We could have just, you know, talked about this. And I mean, I think of myself, if, if I get diagnosed, I would love to be able to do that. And then to be able to capture it in that format's even better than just telling the story. Cause now I've burdened the next person that they got to remember the story. And, and it is a burden to remember those stories. It's difficult because there's a lot of life lessons and a lot of life story. Absolutely. So, I mean, to be honest, probably over half of my clients to date have been more interested in that aspect of this, mm-hmm. just capturing the family stories. And that was part of the inspiration. Also, my father-in-law has amazing stories of his father escaping from Russia, and we keep mangling that story. And finally, we recorded it. We know how it actually happened. Um, and that is really valuable. The problem is people don't take the time to do that, which is a little bit why I'm more focused on the dementia market, because it's like, okay, for those with dementia, we really need to carve out space to create a memory bank. It's just, to me, that seems so like a no brainer, such an easy thing to do if we can do it early enough. Um, for legacy preservation, it also is really important, but I think that, um, people just have more trouble carving out the time for that. Yeah, well, you really have, well, when it's a legacy piece, everyone's in denial, this isn't going to happen, we don't have to worry about it yet, you know, that because we don't deal with death very, very well. But I mean, it's an activity you can do together in the beginning, and, and it's an engagement tool that you can use as the disease progresses, building more memories. And then it's a like, I mean, it's a three part piece to it, um, which is really, really cool. Um, I, I just think it's amazing. And again, it's, it's something simple. It doesn't have to take a lot of time or energy or money to do, but is can be super impactful, especially with this demographic. Yeah. I mean, I guess the other thing I have been thinking about is the importance of when, like my mother moved to an independent living facility when she moved to Concord, Massachusetts. Well, I would love those communities to like, okay, welcome gift. Why are we giving tote bags as a welcome gift? Let's give them a memory bank and let's use that sort of before you move, while you're packing up your house, take pictures of your favorite dresser, explain how it came over from England and whatever it is. Um, sit with family because also during that move, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there can be some um, decline that happens mm-hmm. over the course of a move. So start the recording ahead of time. And then once you're in the community, you've got that as that touchstone to your past. The family has like probably packed away boxes of photos somewhere, but now you have them in the app. You can look at them and then maybe communities can integrate them to like introduce everybody to each other. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That would be really cool. You know, it's like Sally's new and we're just going to watch a couple of clips and hear her stories. And because they'll chime in with their own similar type stories, it just eases the process. And again, you've got HIPAA and confidentiality and not everyone's going to want to do that. But I think a lot of people would. And I think that that's a really cool idea of why not give one of these versus a tote bag and a coffee cup that people don't know what they're going to do with. Give something that's usable and functional to why they're there in the first place. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to help staff too. I mean, it helps everybody out. Exactly. So one place was saying, obviously, every independent assisted and memory care living has information about new residents, like so-and-so grew up in Bedford and went to school here and had four kids and whatever. But our memory um, is strongest when it's multi um, sensory. So when you read information about somebody, that might be helpful. Or if you see a, but by by doing it in an auditory memory bank, you're both hearing it and associating with a picture, which is going to make the memory stronger. So some res, some um, staff and facilities have said like, oh my gosh, yes, I read all those books about like meet Mary, meet Anne, meet Bob, and you just can't remember. It's in one ear and out the other. But I promise you, you can see some sample memory banks on Audubon's website. 
when you listen to these memories banks and these beautiful stories of them growing up, you will remember them. You'll be like, because you're hearing the passion in their voice, you know, or the giggle that goes along with it that just goes, well, this is pretty cool. And you see a picture of Jane when she was little and she's talking about the piano lessons that she had. And you'll be like, okay, when you see Jane, you're going to know that she's the pianist. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that makes a huge, huge difference. We've gotten so task oriented and we've gotten, you know, I mean, everyone uses the term um, person-centered care, which I, I just despise that term because I think it's overused and under-delivered. I like the term like um, relationship-based, you know, it's really about getting to know somebody, you know, what are their likes? What are their dislikes? You know, who, who are they? And to be able to hear that in their own voices, I mean, that's just an added benefit from someone else telling the story or reading it. So I want to go back to my father-in-law in the CCU um, last month. So I'm playing the memory bank for him. He's perking up a little bit. He's actually correcting one of his stories. <laughs> um, but in that moment, two of the nurses walked in who had basically, he'd been in the CCU for days. They'd hardly spoken to him because he was not doing well at all. And as they walk in, they were like, oh my gosh, is that, is that Herb telling a story? And I said, yep, that's his voice. And they were like, Herb, you grew up in Brooklyn. I used to live in Brooklyn. And all of a sudden now, these two nurses have this whole view of Herb and a way to connect with him, which they didn't before mm-hmm. hearing those stories. Otherwise, he was just like a 89-year-old with X, Y, and Z symptoms and here because of blank. Um, and now they had like some information to connect with him on. It was really nice. Oh, yeah. And I can, and that just happens naturally. It just opens that door because it's not, it, it, they're viewed as a human being. Exactly. And not just a patient, you know, that they have to take care of, which turns into a task. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you have any other um, stories that you want to share. I mean, you've shared some great ones here. You know, it's just amazing Um, As I say, many of these people, half of them are in dementia care and half of them are uh, legacy product. But for the ones who have long been living in memory care facilities, have told unbelievable stories about growing up. Um, I could probably even play the audio of one of them. Could I do that? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. It's all less than two minutes, so it's not long. Um, But I heard there's so many stories of like, people who went to school in one room schoolhouses mm-hmm. hearing those again and again is so beautiful. Um, and something that, you know, they're not going to naturally be talking about probably. Okay. Why don't we listen to it? My mother had a sister in New York, so they would ship me off to New York every vacation. When I was a kid, they would put me on the train, give the conductor maybe $2 and say, take care of my little girl. And he did. And then I would get off the train and my aunt or uncle would pick me up. <laughs> well, that's neat because you hear, I mean, you, you hear the giggle in her voice. You hear the, the, the pauses. You can, you can tell she's reliving that moment. And as I say, it gets paired with this adorable photo of when she was five. Now, I'm not sure. The photo is not, nece- it's not her on the train. It's not even necessarily when she used to go. But it's this old picture of her and that story. And it's very, it's very powerful. It's beautiful. Wow. Very neat. Well, is there anything that we haven't covered that we need to cover? I don't think so. I think the only other thing I'd say is I've made the plug of why memory banks are such an obvious, easy crutch for people who are experiencing memory loss. Um, It doesn't help with the profound short-term issues that are experienced, but kind of taking advantage of the long-term memories, keeping them available, I think is just really important for them and for the caregiver. Um, And I always end by saying, you know, we don't typically lose memories in a catastrophic event, like a bus accident when all of a sudden, like your leg is gone and you've got to deal with it. With memory loss, usually there is time. We have warnings and symptoms and a diagnosis. And so I just hope that people take advantage of that time with something so simple as a memory bank in the hopes that it might be able to help down the road. I really hope it helps people. As you say, it's not a one size fits all. Um, 
but I hope it can be of service to others. And it will definitely help many, you know, keeping those memories accessible is, is not something that really is talked about in, in those terms. And yet they're so critical. They're so important to us all. So thank you, Kristen, for, for being with us today. Again, Kristen Nelson is with Audubon and uh, she is the founder and CEO and um, Audubon is a memory bank. And I, I just think this is such a nice, simple, easy uh, way to connect on multiple levels, which we've gone over. Uh, I want to thank all of our listeners here uh, for tuning in. And I ask you to like, click and share, not for the numbers. I, I could care less about the numbers. I, I'm not a numbers tracker. But I do care about getting people connected to services, products, and tools. And you can help with that because you don't know who in your circle is even dealing with this because dementia is such an uncomfortable topic. Your best friend could be dealing with this and you wouldn't know with somebody in their family or even themselves. I mean, that, that's how shut down this is because people are scared uh, to talk about this. But, you know, there's a lot of tools like Audubon out there that can it can help just all of us live graciously together and we need to we need to we need to lift them up and um, get the word passed on so be a giver of hope you know take a couple of seconds like click and share visit their site and uh, you know maybe this is something that that you're going to want to tap into for your for your own family we talked about you know dementia is is what she's really focused on but really it, it can serve a much broader picture as well with that you can go to the site, which is audivi.world. They're also on Facebook as Audivi Memory Banks and on Instagram as Audivi Memory Banks as well. So again, Kristen, thank you so much for, for sharing your journey and creating such a powerful tool that you're now sharing with others. I, I just... I always find the story fascinating that you kind of created this for yourself and then realized, oh my gosh, this can help mom as well as all of us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity and and love getting the chance to talk about it. So thank you. In closing, I'll just, uh, again, redirect people. If you're looking for resources, products, and tools, um, we've got a bunch of free educational tools you can find on Alzheimer's Speaks. Dot com, or you can also go to Dementia Map, which is our global resource directory as well that has uh, 150 different categories that you can search there. And um, so thanks, everyone. Till next week. Bye now. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors from fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.